Hello, welcome back to Culture Dumps. This is a installment of our side series, Culinary Dumps, where we discuss all things food and drink. I'm Ryan Lichten, and today I'm joined by Andy Paz. That is correct. You might remember him from our episode of Squirts on our Patreon, where we discussed New Age ephemera and also shitty weed. Uh, for those of you that are not signed up to our Patreon, patreon.com slash culture dumps. Check it out. So today's topic at hand. This is one that we've had a couple people send in emails about wanting us to cover. So today we're going to do it. We are talking about Heinz Easy Squirt Ketchup, more commonly known as the green ketchup. Now, why is green ketchup a dump? It seems kind of self-explanatory. Ketchup is one of the most recognizable condiments on the planet, if not just things on the planet. And for you to change that in such a drastic way to make it a whole nother color, change the bottle, everything, it's really unsettling. But for a while, it was incredibly popular. Kind of like what we talked about with the Halloween Whopper, when you make a bun black out of nowhere, it's kind of unsettling. When you make ketchup green, same kind of effect. And also, there's just something about fixing something that's not broken, you know? I agree. Right. So. A little bit of background here. Heinz Easy Squirt Ketchup was introduced in October of the year 2000 and was in production until 2006. The new ketchup not only boasted a bottle that would make dispensing ketchup easier and more kid-friendly, it also featured an array of new colors, most notably green. Did you have that stuff when you were a kid? Do you remember? I did. I, I remember when that first came out. I was 10 years old. So this is 2000. I was 10 years old, and I remember I saw it. And you know what I thought? My 10-year-old brain thought? Give me that. I was like, that is fucking disgusting. <laughs> yeah, same here. Well, I, I I have a little brother, and he was the kind of little kid, like that classic little kid where you go to like a nice dinner, but you have to bring chicken nuggets with, with you for him. And like ketchup is such a big thing. My brother also, just to this day, is such a hardcore Heinz fan. He like posts shit on Instagram all day about like, like if someone gives him Hunt's packets at a restaurant, he'll like post it. He's like, oh. what the fuck is this bullshit? <laughs> and like he's all about Heinz. But he loved green ketchup, and I had it one time when I was a kid and I was like, yep, nope, not, not for me. And there's a whole lot of reasons why it was shittier. And, I feel and like gross. the Lichten, the Lichten household is one that was definitely a big green ketchup one. Your, your mom was funny, like, look at this green ketchup, Ryan. Yeah. It's wacky. It's yeah. Well, and also just any kid centric like product that came out at some point came across our dinner table for whatever reason. But before we get to the easy squirt green ketchup, we have to get into the history of ketchup at large. So ketchup is one of the world's most popular condiments. It is estimated that upwards of 97% of American households have a bottle of ketchup in the kitchen, and it is one of the few condiments that can be found in restaurants around the world. But where does it come from? Well, it makes sense that ketchup is popular across the entire planet because ketchup as we know it today is the end result of several different cultures perfecting the sauce. Ketchup has its root in Southeast Asia where the sauce was made from fermented fish. It's like a AKA fish sauce. And you know, that was common in Vietnam and parts of Southeastern China. Uh, in China, it was actually known as ket siap. Uh, that's where we get catsup from. And then later ketchup, it's all just the word being mispronounced and misspelled throughout the ages to 
where we have it now. It was extremely popular and was imported into the UK from fishermen and traders who discovered the sauce on their travels. Ketchup back in those days was not what it is now. I mean, it's literally made from fish. Ketchup nowadays, if you say ketchup, it's tomatoes, but it's fish. What what is fish sauce though? It's like I, I mean, they fish, just, fish sauce is when I, it's it's really big in I think Thai or Vietnamese culture or cuisine, and they ferment fish. So I don't know how they do that, but they ferment the fish, and the liquid that comes out of it is, is the then put sauce. into a bottle and. <laughs> But you know what? If you've ever had fish sauce, there is absolutely nothing on the face of the planet that can replace that flavor. It is so good, but the smell is a little off-putting to some people that may have never had it. Um, it's, I guess, I guess the best word to describe it is pungent, but it also is like the epitome of just umami. Right. You like that word, Ryan? Yes, yes. <laughs> very good, very cultured. Yes. This is an international You know, we got, we got a lot. We got the tangy, the sweet, the... It just You got to go, <laughs> go get some fish sauce. <laughs> Let us know in the comments below. But it was a far cry from ketchup as we know it today. Now, the first known recipe for ketchup was published in 1732 and was known as ketchup in paste. However, this recipe and the versions of ketchup to follow were incredibly different from the modern recipe. Ketchup in the 17 and 1800s included mushrooms, oysters or anchovies, nuts, and assorted spices. And one thing that it did not include was tomato. So it sounds disgusting. <laughs> it's like we have this beautiful red smooth sauce nowadays. And back then, you would it would be this chunky anchovy mushroom-filled thing with a little crunchiness from nuts. So in 1812, scientist James Meese wrote the first ketchup recipe to include tomato, a fruit that he called love apples. The, you can do what you want with love apples. Due to the short shelf life of tomato paste, the tomato-based ketchup was initially looked down upon. That is, until the introduction of preservatives and additives such as red coloring and sodium benzenate. By the end of the 19th century, it was generally agreed that such additives were health hazards and often unnecessary. Dr. Harvey Washington Wiley discovered that as long as the ingredients were of a high enough quality, the coal tar used to make the red coloring and the sodium benzoate used to slow spoilage were not really needed in commercially available ketchup. Keep this in mind, folks. Additives and preservatives have always been bad for you. Ever since before people even knew what was good or bad for you, Keep this in mind. That will come into play a little later. Yeah, so, I, I was sorry. I'm cutting you off, but oh, I was no, going to say if they were saying that then. What what what? I'm sure there's other crazy stuff in it now. Oh, yes. I mean, of, of course there is. But, you know, Heinz, you know, we'll, we'll get into why Heinz is the superior ketchup. But yes, back then they knew that all this shit that they put in foods was not good for you. And we do it to this day tenfold. Like, we make shit really, really bad for you on purpose. But back to the matter at hand. Dr. Wiley eventually partnered with Henry J. Hines, who had been selling pickles, horseradish, and vinegar in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania since 1869. Hines sold his products in clear glass bottles so his customers could see the quality of his goods, a business practice still upheld by Hines to this day. The two men decided to make a healthy and sustainable ketchup, and in 1876, Hines Ketchup makes its debut. The world was forever changed. 
Heinz and Wiley wanted to create a recipe for preservative-free ketchup. They did this by using whole ripe tomatoes, which contain more of the natural preservative pestin than the tomato scraps used by competitors. They also added more vinegar than most other companies were using. Their preservative-free ketchup was instantly popular, and by 1905, they had sold 5 million bottles of it. 5 million bottles in, 18, or in 1905 is a huge amount of money. And I mean, think about it. There wasn't as many people around. This is a new product. It's flying off the fucking shelves. And also, Heinz 57, the, the famous name, was coined in 1896, even though there were several more products than just 57 of them. But Heinz felt that the number 57 sounded lucky. Andy, you're a, a businessman. Do you think that 57 is a better look than 60 as far as marketing goes? Yes, I do. Why? Uh... There's just something about the number 57 that's a lot more memorable than 60. Right? It seems like they ran Heinz out. Heinz 60? Yeah. Or Heinz 57? Exactly. But yeah. No, it, it, exa- it's 57. There's they, a again, new burger spot called Burgers 99. What would sound better? Burgers 100? No, Burgers 99. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that, that, that's, a, that's a weird it's thing. A, it's the odd number that makes it so good. Right. But never move into a house that has an odd number at the end of the address. Why? <laughs> it's bad luck, dude. Just don't do it. And it's probably haunted, too. Yeah, and yeah, someone died there. Uh, also, it's interesting to note that Heinz was the first company to dedicate an entire research facility to improving the ingredients of their product. They had these huge like agriculture research sites where they were you know, experimenting in tomato growth and how to you know, make the, the biggest, freshest ingredients without you know, using any chemicals and, and things like that, which I feel like nowadays is kind of the total opposite, where they have these intense research facilities where it's like, what chemical can we pump into this shit to make <laughs> way more of it whereas back then they're like how do we put less bad stuff into things and that that practice just just fell off the popularity of commercially available ketchup grew as recipes for ketchup began to disappear from cookbooks consumers found that their homemade versions never quite came out like their favorite bottled brand so in turn cookbooks that included recipes that called for ketchup would just give the measurements of the amount needed rather than telling you how to make it yourself much like how you know buying broth became common practice you know as as the 1900s went on rather than having to spend all day making the broth you know Heinz you would if you wanted to make something that had ketchup in it back then you would have to fucking make the ketchup yourself and I don't know if you've ever tried to make a sauce at home folks but unless you're family's been doing it for fucking decades it's gonna taste like shit like it's, it, andy's it, really good at cooking would you try and make ketchup uh no i just know it's gonna be different the texture would definitely be off you know but also it i feel like there's something to say about the fact that we're so used to like that glossy almost like red paint texture right. of ketchup but then when you make it at home it would be completely different. Just like when Mitch Hedberg said the recipe to Sprite is lemon and lime, but there's definitely a lot more, more to, it, to than it than that. <laughs> exactly. And people would find that out. And if you had like, you know, especially in the early 1900s, if you were making your own ketchup, the recipes would call for all this crazy shit. And so you look at a bottle of Heinz, you're like, okay, no anchovies, no mushrooms, no nuts. Like, why am I making this? Like nowadays, if you go to a restaurant, and you get ketchup that they make, like, oh, in our house-made ketchup, they usually put, like, fucking raspberries in it. Or, or curry. Like, yeah, or, or curry. like, curry, fucking chipotle. But, but I have nothing wrong with curry or chipotle. I love it. But just 
Maybe that's not what I'm trying to eat at the time. That's not what I want. Yeah, if I, if I ask for ketchup, I want ketchup. So Heinz had several innovative products throughout the next 100 years, including new sauces such as the Heinz 57 steak sauce, and they also invented the ketchup packet, which was released in 1967. But the most eyebrow-raising, confusing, and unappetizing approach to the classic condiment came in the year 2000 with the release of Heinz Easy Squirt Ketchup. The year 2000 could be a culture dump all on its own. Y2K was such a thing, you know, and a lot of people, the majority of the population, especially in the States, I mean, that's just where my experience is because that's where I grew up. But it's, you know, you really felt like there was going to be a big change. Like as a little kid, I thought after the year 2000 hit, we would have flying cars. Like even, Me though, too. Me even too. though it was only like a month or away or something, I'd be like, well, no, it's the year 2000. Like you really just think, or you think the entire world's going to fucking end. That's what I thought. Right. And in a way, the world of ketchup did end <laughs> because they came out with this abomination, but it was incredibly popular. So easy squirt ketchup. All in all, there has been very few changes to the classic Heinz ketchup recipe, but in the year 2000, they took a huge risk and released the Heinz Easy Squirt line. The main features of this line, again, was a curvy bottle made for easier handling, a smaller, more concentrated cap that made dispensing ketchup fun and less messy, and different colors, the most popular of which was known as Blastin' Green. Now, the tops of these bottles were like a glue cap. It was made so you could do, like, smiley faces on your burgers and shit, which is the only way you could get someone to eat green ketchup by like painting with it because it's just so gross. If you squirted a bunch of it onto your plate to dip, it's disgusting. It's like a baby shat on it. But if you make a smiley face on your cheeseburger, then it doesn't look so bad, I guess is the, the advertising campaign that they had for it. But again, there's no reason for this to exist. Ketchup is the most popular condiment on the planet. <laughs> Why do they do this? Why do companies do this? Why did uh, I, 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 I thought that wasn't didn't this have something? Are we? I'm not sure if we're jumping ahead here, but didn't this have something to do with Shrek? Yes, it, it did, and we will get to that in just one second. So the ketchup was instantly successful against all odds. In the first three months of its debut, Heinz sold the amount of bottles they projected selling over the course of the entire year. By the seventh month, they had sold 10 million bottles, with each bottle selling for about a dollar seventy-nine. That is insane. They, for the entire year, they weren't expecting to sell 10 million bottles, and they do that in just the first few months. So it's taking off, and this is mostly due to, yes, the fact that in 2001, they collaborated with the smash hit film Shrek and redesigned the bottle to feature characters from the film. Now, Shrek was the fourth highest grossing film that year. It was up against Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, the original Fast and the Furious, and the third Jurassic Park. So there was so I mean that was a stacked fucking year for yeah for two thousand and nineteen ninety nine were great uh, movie yeah years. and by two thousand one you know society uh, was rebuilding itself after the great collapse of Y two K and uh, you know we managed to pump out some great films but Shrek was seriously huge I mean I was maybe just a little too old for Shrek to be like super monumental to me but I was still like well this is a kids movie I can like even though I was still a little kid I never liked Shrek I my whole thing is if there's dragons and castles in it it doesn't matter what it is I hate it <laughs> miss me with that nerd shit yeah miss me with that even though I just actually did some Shrek graphics for one of the companies that's my client and they sent me a bunch of Shrek stuff um that's fun so we will be giving that away to <laughs> one of the one of the viewers. 
One of the Patreon subscribers gets to win all the Shrek stuff. Yeah, I'll, yeah, we'll give you some sh- patreon.com slash culture dumps if you want Shrek stuff. If you want Shrek stuff. So by 2003, there had been over 25 million bottles of Easy Squirt sold. So in order to maintain momentum, Heinz introduced more colors, such as funky purple and a mystery color, which could have been either awesome orange, totally teal, or passion pink. That's gross. (laughs) Did they ever uh, make red Easy Squirt ketchup? (laughs) (laughs) No. They're like, oh, god damn it. They're like, oh, that's disgusting. There's probably like one guy in the back of the boardroom meetings. It's like, I have an idea for the new bottles. Uh, Why don't we put original Heinz in them uh, so, you know, the parents will eat this shit. And they're like, no, no. It only works if it's green or fucking teal because that's what that's what you want. Okay, these are frosting colors. It fucks with your head. The psycho- We talked about this in, in the Halloween Whopper episode. The psychology of colors in food is, is a very strong connection in your brain. And green is you generally gives off the air of uh, freshness and, and health, you know? Like, that's why Subway uses a lot of green in their advertising. In any salad place, it's green this, green that. That's not... What you want with ketchup? With ketchup is always used in fast food, and fast food uses a lot of reds because it gives you this passionate feeling that makes you eat more. Green ketchup on a hamburger is—it's like so contradictory. But then pink, which a little bit closer. I mean, Thousand Island—I'll I'll fuck with. That's pink. Yeah, I like Thousand Island. That's great. But orange? Nope. That's now you're talking Nickelodeon slime or like this hot sauce we just ate earlier. What truff? Yeah, truff. Or, Don't I, buy truff. Yeah, I'm sure you fuckers have seen this shit on Instagram advertised to you like I have a billion times. It's not good and it looks like It tastes like gasoline. Yeah. <laughs> right. And you know, who knows what 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 makes that color. So the success of Easy Square inspired other brands to branch out in non-traditional ways. A fitting product release was Orida's 2002 line of funky fries. Funky fries were frozen french fries that included wacky flavors such as blue fries, cinnamon fries, chocolate fries, sour cream and jive, and crunch rings. Also, it's worth noting that Heinz owns Orida, so it's kind of this like perfect like collision of like conglomerate. Ryan, know? honestly, I might have to stop doing the podcast because this is just pissing me off. <laughs> He's going to walk out. So you didn't have funky fries? No. Fuck no. You know what's crazy too? Uh, When I was a kid, my dad was super strict. He'd be, I'd always want to eat like sweet cereal for breakfast in the morning. He's like, okay, you can eat a bowl of Cocoa Puffs in the morning, but you have to eat this entire bowl of Malto meal or oatmeal before you eat it. And he just, he was like super strict about it. And now that I am, I guess I'm an adult. I'm 30. Yeah. We'll call you Um, that. Dude, I would not, there's no chance in hell I would let my kids eat blue french fries dipped into green ketchup. No, no, and I guess my parents, I guess parents just like wanted their kids to shut up. Like, why, why, like nine out of ten reasons why any parents buy their kids anything is just stop fucking talking about it. But so the idea was you could have a plate of blue french fries with green ketchup and look like you're eating dinner in fucking Hook. You know, where they have all those like fabulous cream pies and all that stuff. But it's savory, which really messes with your head. And I was, at the time, even though I was like, yeah, like 11, 12, that was past my palate at that point. Ryan, I I feel like you are the type of person that you would have thrived with green ketchup and blue french fries. I was there and I did not thrive. I I really, (laughs) I have a very hard time believing you. 
Well, <laughs> well, also, it's like, you know, what if you mix up your fucking, you know, your sour cream and jive fries with cinnamon, and now all of a sudden you take a big honking bite of cinnamon-flavored french fries? You know, you, you know what's crazy? There's this place in New York City. I think they actually have a couple of locations. It's called um, Stickies, and it's only <laughs> chicken fingers and french fries. But they have... It should be called six-year-olds. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, they have s'mores french fries and i was all drunk one time i'm like i need to try that wasted needed to try it yeah and it was the most disgusting thing i've ever eaten in my life besides funnel cake that's my number one hated food <laughs> what yeah we'll get we'll do a, we gotta we'll do a whole oh, episode on a whole the whole funnel cake episode oh the funnel uh, cake debacle yeah but the the place stickies makes french fries with marshmallows and graham cracker crumbs and Hershey's syrup on them. And there's absolutely nothing good or redeemable about these French fries. And they're terrible and they need to be taken off the menu. Well, see, I mean, but that's the great thing about fucking New York, right? I mean, dude, you go to fucking L.A., you get yourself some French fries. What, it's going to have some salt, maybe an interesting seasoning, like a nice, like, uh, house-made nice sauce. Curry. Yeah, like, or, or maybe even just some Heinz. Boring. You come here to fucking <laughs> New York, we made s'mores French fries the right way. Just that, like our this fucking is fathers made them. The absolute worst New York, New York accent I've ever heard. My <laughs> boring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why did you roll your R's? I, 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 I somehow like slipped into like a John, like an Johnny, Eastern I, I somehow European slipped into, like, accent. Like a Johnny Rotten fucking Sid and Nancy like fucking cockney thing there. I, I don't hey, know. Hey, is there any food in the world that's blue naturally? Blueberries. Blueberries are purple. <laughs> Or well, hey, <laughs> let us know in the comments down below. Also, has anyone ever, have you ever cut open a blueberry? Uh, no. Why would you know I cut open a blueberry? They're you know, fucking tiny. <laughs> you know what color the I'm inside of I'm not that it? hungry. I'm just gonna have half. You know? <laughs> yeah. Seriously, I don't know why I've done this either, but it was honestly in my adult life that I bit open a blueberry. I'm like, what does this look like on the inside? You know what color it is? White. You know, that kind of behavior, like what does this look like on the inside, that can develop in some very uh, nefarious activities later in life. So keep, uh, keep an eye on that. So the downfall, <laughs> the downfall of the easy squirt line came after the introduction of the funky purple variation. It was discovered that the, this is where we go, this is a callback to earlier when I said preservatives are bad for you. It was discovered that the amount of additives was astonishingly high and parents soon grew concerned over the health risks their children were facing. In order to strip the ketchup of its red color, Heinz had to use a multitude of chemicals, not to mention the amount of dye that was then included to change the color to purple. Green, teal, pink, orange, or whatever color they fucking wanted it to be. And in order to quell the taste of all these additives, they had to add artificial flavoring. So there is... First, you have ketchup as it's made, and I'm sure there was some, you know, light chemical usage in, in just the standard Heinz. But then they had to blast it with basically food bleach to strip that red out, add in coloring. That made it taste so fucking weird that then they had to put in artificial ketchup flavoring. These are the guys that invented ketchup, basically, and they made this monster, this freak. And the thing about it is with all those chemicals, the texture is completely different. Rather it being a smooth, shiny kind of like like glossy food like a paint almost like Andy had said earlier it was this basically like a, a matte color that was just flat no shine it looked like melted crayons and even for children it was a little much I like that you just said crayons what are crayons 
Crayons. Oh, crayons. Oh, my God. Hey, I, I, I hope, to do this now. <laughs> I hope that no one uh, takes my idea, but I'm actually developing a crayon line called Crans, C-R-A-N-S. <laughs> it's for fucking idiots like me. It's for people like Ryan that don't know they're called crayons. <laughs> well, I, it's like, we gotta it's do like, a, we it's gotta, like my line of caramel. Caramel. Yeah. Oh, caramel? Yeah, exactly. It's Whatever, like, yeah. dude. That's okay. I'll give that the pass. But um, let us know in the comments down below if you want us to do a... Uh, <laughs> whole squirts episode on crayons or crayons yeah we'll do it the the two guys that have been following our show since the start (laughs) like like, well actually i think (laughs) the finished product not only had a strange unfamiliar taste but also had a different texture that was super off-putting to many a customer it's also a a big thing that happened that was a huge complaint amongst consumers is that when you mix the colors because kids always wanted all the colors now so like oh let me get the orange and the green it would just be brown when you would mix them together and brown is only good in food when it's for dessert or like meat what about (laughs) okay you know like i mean but even meat like there's you know like a steak you don't want it like oh i love like a browned steak really well brown that's not even like a cooking term but like you don't want seared the Maillard reaction. You want that crust. Yeah, you want that crust. You don't want brown fucking anything. Yeah, browned butter, brown bread, and brown brownies. Everything brown is gross, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bre- well, except for brownies, yes. But the thing is, it's like even if you're a kid, you know, you could make an excuse for yourself mentally where it's like, oh, well, no, blue french fries, green ketchup. This is fucking crazy. But blue french fries, brown ketchup. It's just like, it's just gross. And it made it grossed out the parents too. And everyone just started catching on like, hey, I think this shit is really bad for you. Was there, okay, you know how, for instance, like Kraft Singles, they don't say it's right. American. Kraft uh, is also owned uh, in part by Heinz. Yeah. Shout out to Kraft. Um, let us know in the comments down below if you want us <laughs> to do a uh, full squirts episode on Kraft. But you know how it says, uh, like, they don't necessarily use the words like, this is cheese. Right. You know, they yeah. say like cheese style product or whatever. Same like Velveeta will do the same kind of thing. Right. Was it ever that they did the same sort of thing for this ketchup? Like they're like green no, sauce no, because, because made ke- from ketchup. No, no, because ketchup like in in its entirety, like as a whole is is not like tomato sauce you know what i mean because of all the other stuff that goes into it so you can have ketchup with as many chemicals as you want in it and it's still ketchup because ketchup as itself already has some of that shit in it okay you know but if you were like oh no this is tomato sauce but it's green and so in order to do that we just put in all this artificial flavoring you would it would be tomato flavored sauce you know what's funny it's getting to the point now for me where i look at mcdonald's ketchup and i'm like this is so Red. Red, yeah. This it's crazy. And McDonald's ketchup <laughs> tastes like fucking sweet tea. I'm like, this yeah, it's crazy. Dude, it's crazy. But it's getting to the point now where I'm like, this can't be good. Like it, it's <laughs> almost regular ketchup to me is becoming green ketchup. You're at McDonald's with your Big Mac and you're like the ketchup's your concern. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, th- this super red ketchup can't be good for me to put on this fucking quarter pounder with yeah, cheese. Not at all. <laughs> well, and as we learned though, uh, in our mixed salad shaker episode, you're better off getting a Big Mac than a salad from most fat food, fast food places anyways. So in 2006, Heinz pulled the plug on their short-lived experiment and the easy squirt line was pulled from shelves. But in 2012, the green ketchup reared its ugly head once again for a limited run as individual packets for a St. Patrick's Day promotion at Burger King. 
I've seen like th that happened, you know, recent enough for there to be YouTube reviews and have like the viral food guys. Really? Do yeah, we're like, we're here at Burger King and we're gonna get some green. Get this is I the feel St. Patrick's like, Day. I feel like Burger King would have the Heinz account yeah. or Hunt. Sorry, Hunt's yeah. account. The Hunt's account and yeah. Pepsi, dude. They would probably have Pepsi. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, but I think they have Coke. You right? know, no one get fuck. Every single person I have on this show hates fucking Burger King. I like Burger King. <laughs> Burger King has tacos. Yes, and they're better. And they're better than Jack in the Boxes. They have the same. Uh, they give you the same salsa packets for those tacos that we got at our high school cafeteria. <laughs> well, it's not like a far cry away, but hey, they can't serve. Well, I was about to say they're supposed to not serve things in school if it's not like kind of like good for the kids, but that's not true. <laughs> that's, that's yeah, I don't think though. that's true. I mean, <laughs> I I haven't been in school. That can't be true. <laughs> I don't even know what grade I'm in anymore. But I I, I think I would probably be in like the what 26th grade 24th yeah I'm like, grade? I'm like in like 27th grade right now yeah a bottle of unopened easy squirt ketchup can sell for as much as 90 dollars on ebay and with all the chemicals that they pumped into that shit i'm sure you could still eat it and not get <laughs> that sick you would probably just get as sick as you would be if you had got it right off the shelf and squeezed it out seriously also they made plush dolls for it i'll post this on our instagram and uh if you want to donate to the patreon i will prove that I use that money to buy one because I really want this Beanie Baby version of the Easy Squirt bottle. Is it actual... Uh, it's not Thai licensed. Okay. No, it's it's just, dude. Heinz doesn't need any fucking licensing. They, yeah, we don't. They own dude, everything. They don't need it, dude. Hunts needs it. Yes. Hunts <laughs> needs it. No one would give a fuck. Yeah, and it, also if you call your ketchup catsup, just fucking declare bankruptcy already. Yeah, seriously. So what does it all mean? What does it all mean? It goes back to this thing with culinary dumps where if it's not broken, don't fix it. They just needed a push in that in that 2000 range, in, in that region of time, where they decided, let's do something wacky, totally off the wall. Let's reinvent the wheel and turn this beloved condiment. It's like with Coca-Cola, for instance, when they came out with new Coke and it was totally a failure, except this wasn't a failure. It did good enough for a few years for them to want to make more of it. And that's when things get complicated. So the dump here, I feel like is just getting overzealous and wanting too much, wanting a bigger piece of the pie than you deserve. If you already have a pie, why do you want an extra slice? You have a whole pie, you know, I mean, Andy, you're, you're familiar with, with businesses. You've seen a lot of people try and do upstarts and, you know, things come and go. W is it worth it for a company to try things this drastic or should they just stick to redesigning their bottle and keep the, the good shit inside of them? Ryan, I think you need to answer your own question. <laughs> We're doing a podcast about green ketchup. Yeah. 14 years after the fact that it's been discontinued. Well, hey, we remember And it. this ketchup is something I will never, ever forget. So, you know what? I think it was great. Did I like it? No, I, you know what? I didn't even try it. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I didn't even try it. From the moment I saw it, like I said earlier in the episode, I thought it was disgusting. It's disgusting. Let us know in the comments down below if you tried it. And I'm going to post so many pictures on our, on our Instagram of of like all the different ways that they would display this with it being squirted all over fries or the smiley faces on the burgers. Once it, I mean, the green stuff is kind of fun for a second. And with Shrek, that really made sense for them to do that. It made absolutely no sense for them to make teal, pink, orange, purple. Like that's just <laughs> fucking crazy. And also it's like, what do you like? Also, with red and green, you can do Christmas with that. You can do slime with that. There's so many things you can do with that. What do you do with fucking purple? 
ketchup. There's nothing that you can do with that to make it worth anyone getting. Same with teal. It looks fucking disgusting. It's literally like putting children's paint on your food, and that's why it didn't work out. That's why it's a culinary dump. Now, thank you, folks, for listening. For exclusive Culture Dumps and Podcast 99 content, subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash culture dumps. Follow us on Instagram at culture dumps. And if you have a suggestion for something we should cover, send us an email at culturedumps at gmail.com. I'm Ryan Lichten. I'm Andy. Pause. This has been Culinary Dumps, brought to you by Culture Dumps. Heinz Easy Squirt. It's fun for your food.